You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 227 of the Comic Book Informer podcast coming to you on August 18th. What's going on this week, Raj? I saw it, man. Ah, what did you think? Apparently not as much as you did, which hmm. isn't to say I didn't like it, but I didn't put it on par with the best that we've seen by any stretch. But again, it was good. I really did enjoy it, and I thought the acting was really good. The full pause that we talked about, the the stuff with hope was it was funny because I, I watched it with my wife and my son and we were talking about it after and I was saying how a lot of whether it's the the movies or, or or the comics or whatever like people are clamoring for a course correction from the white male superheroes of you know the fifties and sixties kind of thing let's let's make those changes and I understand why they chose like. Uh, the the Scott character to to keep it true to the the comics and whatnot, but they had that opportunity, and mm-hmm. they they in my opinion they should have run with it. And I think based on the strength of the acting from that woman, who I wish I could remember, no, eventually Lily, it, man, she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I loved her. So it was like, man, could you imagine had she been the kickass hero in this movie? That would have been awesome. Yeah. So like Red still did a good job. And the movie as a whole was very enjoyable. Hell, even Michael Douglas did a good job. So I, I did enjoy it, but I certainly wouldn't put it on par with, like, not even remotely close to Winter Soldier or Guardians or, or the best that uh, that we've seen from Marvel. I said, for me, it, it ranks basically just below those two for me. But yeah, hey, yeah, I'd put it a little has bit below. Taste. Yeah, yeah. But the effects, holy crap. And the, I will say they this. They did too. so great with the minim, minim, minimization effects. Yeah. And it was cool too because more so than even other Marvel movies, there was a lot of humor, which you would expect. Mm-hmm. So it really broke that apart and it still fit in well. So it, it was a lot of fun. Like when they're having that fight on the toy station, the toy train station, <laughs> hysterical. That was so freaking funny. So it did do a lot of things right. Okay. Well, did I make up for last week? You sure did. <laughs> I love this. This was awesome. So, yes, this made up for it. So Threatening said, me with lethal stuff, though, that wasn't cool. That was not I got, cool. I got to keep you in check, man. Not cool. <laughs> As we said many times here on the podcast, we love our humble bundles. So I was very happy to see last week... The Humble Dungeons and Dragons Comics Bundle. Which is still available. Mm-hmm. It'll be available for one more week over at humblebundle.com slash books. So for pay what you want, you can get The Legend of Drizzt Volume 1 based on the R.A. Salvatore novels, Dungeons and Dragons Legends of Baldur's Gate, which is the brand new comic written by Jim Zub, which was great as well. All three volumes of the 2011-2012 run of Dungeons & Dragons, the first volume of which we will be talking about here today. If you pay more than the average, which is currently hovering around 10 bucks, you get Legends of Drizzt, The Neverwinter Tales, as well as the first volume of Forgotten Realms, and the first two volumes of Forgotten Realms Classics, 
and one more uh, R.A. Salvatore comic. And then if you pay above $12, you get volume two of The Legend of Drizzt, as well as the first three volumes of Dungeons & Dragons Classics, the Oh, sorry, the first four volumes of Dragon Classics, as well as volumes three and four Forgotten Realms Classics. So for 12 bucks, you're getting a heck of a lot of comics, and some of which are quite good. It's important to know, too, that these are like collected volumes, so it's not like you're getting a comic. Each of those has multiples within. Like, it's a hell of a deal. Yeah, and as always with the Humble Bundles, a portion of your purchase does go to charity. Uh, this particular one is going towards the Hasbro Children's Fund. Yep. And I thought this was cool because over on our gaming podcast, For the Lore, we've started with Dungeons & Dragons. And this is, that was really been your first foray into the, the, the setting of D&D. So I thought it was pretty cool to give you a good comic to read. And I hadn't read this previously. They came very highly recommended once the Humble Bundle came up. They're like, oh, those Rogers D&D comics. I was like, I never read those. I got to check it out. It's amazing how much of this kind of has in common with our experiences. <laughs> you know what's funny is that, and, and, and I will point blank, I, I've given you props for this, and I will continue to. If you can find a good dungeon master you're really going to have a lot of fun with this. And what's happening is that there's a lot of people who are my age or, you know, maybe a little younger and who've never played, but who would like to, I've actually spoken to a number of people about that because I've been talking about this. I love talking to people about this. And what's funny is that if you talk to somebody and ask them, you play D and D if there's somebody that's played like forever, like their older brother taught them or whatever, it's like old school. They still have a lot of fun and all that, but it's like, yeah, I play. You ask somebody who started later in life, you play D and D and it's like, yes, it's so much fun. <laughs> like it's, there's that sense of excitement. And a large part of that for me has been the fact that again, you have let us not just run wild with whatever we want to do, which in my case can be dangerous, but also you've done such a good job doing like the RP portions with whatever. I can't imagine there's a lot of D and D players who have kidnapped people and brought them along on their adventures. And then the GM just kind you of would be surprised. Rose. Okay. Well, all right. Well, I was feeling special there for a moment, but, uh, but yeah, so all of these things for a creative person who has this wild imagination, this is an outlet like none other. So as I'm reading this and the sense of fun is practically dripping off the pages and I relate it entirely to what our experience has been. So it really helped me enjoy this that much more. Yeah, I, it, I'm reading through this and... <laughs> There are any number of scenes where I can imagine inserting Sir Reginald and Tag. <laughs> As for the comic itself, uh, published by IDW in 2011, written by John Rogers, art by Andrea DeVito, Andrew Dollhouse, Abertov, and Graphic Slava. This is the first volume named Shadow Plague. It contains an issue zero, which is basically a, a brief little introduction to our adventuring party. We have Adric, the human fighter, Cal, the dwarf paladin, Bree Three Hands, the halfling rogue, because that's all halflings ever are, and Varys the elf ranger. I was a little apprehensive reading this at first because, and especially in this issue zero, the characters had a certain amount of 
genre awareness uh, of making comments about, you know, who designs dungeons like this and whatnot. I was, and to an extent that can be enjoyable. And they did balance that quite well throughout the series. But at least at first, I kind of was worried it was going to head into Deadpool levels of the genre awareness. But no, it, it's very well balanced and the characters are very enjoyable while still making those nice uh not quite fourth wall breaking jokes, but stuff that players will definitely appreciate. See, I was worried too, but for a different reason. And my reason was, is that initially as I'm reading it, there's a few sarcastic or smart ass remarks from a couple of the, the characters that did make me laugh. But then as I'm reading, everybody is making those smart ass mm-hmm. remarks and I'm going, Ooh, that's not good. Yes, it can be funny, but it means that the writer doesn't know how to use their voices for so that everybody has a distinct voice. But what happened is that once the last character is brought in, that tiefling, she is not like that. And then you really start to, well, at least I did. I was kind of dissecting it more. And you realize that, A, they all have their own little brand of sarcasm, mm-hmm. but she doesn't. And what I attributed to, attributed it to after is how it gives a sense that that party has been together a long time. Right. So it gives that sense of camaraderie. And it's something that if you have hung out with the same people for a very long time, or if you've worked with the same people for a very long time, I can say this from experience because, yeah, I'm a sarcastic bastard when I'm with other people and joking around and whatnot. And over time... Everybody kind of develops that as well. And you bounce things off of each other in that same manner. So it at that point, it made sense. And then especially once the tiefling's brought in and she is not like that, you see, ah, she. you really get that sense of the outsider who just joined the group kind of thing. So it, it took me a little bit longer to, to appreciate the writing at that point. But once I, I kind of clued into that, it was like, oh, okay, this is even better than I thought then. So tell us a little bit about Tisha, the tiefling warlock. She's hot as hell. She needs to meet up with Sir Reginald. <laughs> He's been on that boat for a while. He's getting a little lonely. <laughs> you have Tag. Tag is starting to look pretty handsome in that sailor outfit. <laughs> but this is awesome because, once again, I'm the new guy. And I actually have never even read any of the D&D books. I intend to, I just have not yet. So I don't have all of this history to go by. I'm just going by the typical Tolkien-esque base. Here's an orc, here's a dwarf, here's a, an, a, an elf kind of thing, and going from that. But tieflings are brand new for me. So even though I play one, I've only kind of worked out his history based on what I think would be kind of have happened with his his father and things like that, and maybe some relationships but nothing to the point where, like, when she says, like, we made our deal with the demons and this is why we look like that. And I went, whoa, hold on a second. Like, <laughs> uh, okay, apparently I need to know a little bit more about Sir Reginald because I didn't know that. And throughout, as you're hearing her talk, whether it's about that and when she talks about her sister, who was a magic wielder, and then you get that reveal later on kind of thing and what happened to her folks. And I was like, wow. This is a really interesting character, and I, I hope she doesn't slip too far into that jovial aspect of camaraderie with the group, that she still that she still maintains that air of mystery about her, too. My favorite bit with Tisha was uh, when they met up with Jinx 
the gnome wizard and they're talking about you know being a magic user and his comment is well yes but i didn't get mine yeah. by cheating yeah that was awesome because it, it, it's one of those things that really dives into what it means to be a warlock and it's it's such a throwaway line but it carries so much depth dude i was i was cutting and pasting images like I, oh yeah I think you I put were like tweeting up a storm and it's just there were so many lines that i was like ooh, that's a really good line and there was another and and the dwarf too was tossing out some lines until you find out that he was a poet a <laughs> love poet <laughs> but uh but even he's tossing out lines. I'm going, oh, that was that's a good line, which again speaks to the caliber of the writing. Yeah, the writing was fantastic throughout this. Like w- once the zero issue was over and you got into the actual Shadow Plague storyline, it really hit another level of the character interactions, and everybody did get their own unique voices. And I love the best thing about this for me is I'm looking at this storyline and their adventure. And it being the exact stuff some crazy DM will throw at their players. Like, oh, you're in the you're in the inn. Okay, you're attacked by zombies. <laughs> you, you escape kids. the zombies. Now the orphanage is on fire. <laughs> Just never ending, you know keeping the players on their toes is how I was reading this. Like it, it wasn't just characters in a story. It was an actual adventuring party oh, with yeah. player characters going against a dungeon master. Well, when you're looking at the, um, when they're at the spot where the dwarf pulls out the map and said, we need to go here. And the elf says, I'll have us there by sundown. And you're thinking, okay, it's going to cut to sundown. And then we're going to see, what happens from there because you don't want the story to grind to a halt but no you got to roll on some random encounter tables there's first. a crap load of stuff that happens between those two spots and that's what i saw i saw the D adventure going on and it still reads fine if you don't know that and i certainly am not an expert so i don't pretend to be but if you have played even just a little it's like ah i see what's going on here that's that's cool that's very well done Mm-hmm. And even the other way around, the situations that these characters get themselves into, A, it's exactly the kind of crap player characters get up to. But the way they get out of it, like narratively, there's honestly no better way to explain it than somebody rolled a 20. <laughs> the running gag <laughs> with the bad plans. Oh, my God. It's freaking hysterical. <laughs> But the line, too, I can't remember what the the first line was. I don't know if I actually, no, I didn't take a picture of that one. Damn it. But that that line where he says, like, a bad plan is still better than the inevitable argument or something like that. You did get a screen cap of that. And it was like, ooh, another good line. That was was awesome. (laughs) Give me one second. I'm going to pull that up. Actually, I got it. Uh, As Jinx used to say, a plan's just the better alternative to the inevitable argument. That is awesome. <laughs> That's a damn good lie. And there's the one from more the, from the um, the paladin that I like too, where he says, "Faith is never easy. Faith without doubt is meaningless, and doubt's a hard master." And I'm like, damn, <laughs> that dwarf was deep, man. <laughs> like, you know, he was funny on the surface, but you can tell there's a lot to that character. I'm, I'm really excited to dive into volumes two and three this week. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it was enjoyable throughout, and even throwaway bits that you wouldn't necessarily put in 
but that still keep the, the the flow of the story. Like when they're rushing through, they decide to rush through the orcs to get to the 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 caravan, and they're running through. And there's the main dude and Bree, and they're saying coming through. And then in the next panel, he's like, "Hey, my money's gone." <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, that's funny. That's, that's that's just plain funny. I don't care who you are. Yeah, like the overall story of them tracking down this uh, this changeling that summoned the zombies, and then finding out that the artifact is some ancient dwarven weapon, and all of the depth they go into with you know the dwarves and this dark magic forge, and the the fact that these artifacts contain elven hearts inside them and what that means for Varys and it's just everything comes together and you have this giant climactic disaster of once again player characters are going to come up with an interesting solution the DM puts a cyclops in front of them in front of them and they go that weren't oh god it wasn't me yeah that was a rare one They say, screw that. We're just going to blow up the entire mine. We're not fighting your stupid Cyclops. (laughs) But it's just so much. The way they captured the actual D&D experience, while at the same time making it 100% accessible to someone who has no experience with the tabletop game, is brilliant. This, This is one of the best fantasy comics I've read, period. The thing that I like to which kind of harkens to what you're saying is that the, the writer didn't just consider the encounters and things like that as he was writing it. There's a ton of character development as well. And like you point out very, and the, the heart in that they were taking those hearts for power and whatnot. And the comment that he makes at one point about like being nervous. Yeah. Well, I'm the only one here with an elven heart that they need kind of thing. And you're going, you know what? I actually, until he said it, I hadn't even thought of that. And then you're going, Ooh, yeah, that kind of puts a, a new layer there of, of depth because now we need to watch this character and see if he's a being careful or just doesn't care and is going to be heroic about it or whatever. So there were a lot of different moments like that, that were phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And what made this even better for me? was I finally finished it, I really enjoyed it, and I get to the end, they actually made adventure modules for the tabletop game based on the encounters in the stories. Which was awesome. That shows a level of detail and how much they care about the source material. That meant a lot to me. Yeah. Even though it was 4th edition, and 4th edition sucked, but (laughs) that's beside the point. Well, I think we can move on to what we're reading then keeping with the fantasy theme I held on to it for over a week I didn't want to read it I finally read the last issue of Skull Kickers oh I actually haven't (laughs) I've got it and it was like I'm holding off on that (sighs) (laughs) don't do it (laughs) it was such a fitting end for our characters, not just Rex and Rolf, but also Cassia, the way everything came together. And like I said, the last four issues were basically one gigantic fight scene. It, this was really creative, the way that they tied everything up. And 
you know, what those characters represent, not just to the comic, but like the overall concept of creative works. Like Zub did good. They, they, they went out on a, on a great note. Okay. But now my favorite comic is gone. <laughs> but it's okay. Cause I have another favorite comic called Batman. <laughs> we were so worried when Bruce Wayne showed up right away. Because how can you, quote, kill off Batman and then bring back Bruce Wayne in the first issue? This was really good. Like, not so much, like, the stuff with uh, with Jim was great, but the conversation Alfred had with Clark oh, yeah. was so great. And how Alfred is perfectly happy with Bruce not having his memories because well, that no means kidding. he can be happy. Yeah. Oh, my God. God, Scott Snyder, you're you're wrong, man. <laughs> I will say this though. There were points where I was thinking he pushed it too far hmm. and was about to jump the shark. The whole bit about the cloning himself thing, to me, even the idea that he was working on that is ludicrous. I, I'll give you that. Yes. I, it, it, I, Although it kind of ties into the whole Terry McGinnis thing, but yes. It, it was, yeah, I really, yeah. Like, as soon as I read that, I, 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 obviously I didn't stop reading, but I was thinking, I was thinking that if, if they had progressed with that, that would have been the misstep, the first misstep that I'd seen Snyder do. And mm-hmm. even as it is, I still think that it is a little bit of a misstep just because it's, well, well, now it's ridiculous. Chekhov's cloning device. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You, you, you don't throw something like that in there without it obviously being important. Yeah, I really, really didn't like that at all. And there were parts with Jim as Batman that I wasn't crazy about either. Hmm. Um, not all of them, but there were definitely some points where I didn't enjoy it as much as I had earlier and part of that is that he's really changed Jim a lot yes substantially and most people like Jim as who he was some character growth is great of course but this kind of goes above and beyond that and it borders on the ridiculous when you see a the shape he's in the look the the in the Batman suit with the cigarette, I'm sorry, I personally thought that was stupid. I didn't think that was cool or cute. I thought it was stupid. And then the the fight scene as well. Like, what I liked about Jim before was that he wasn't, you know, first in line for the action and stuff like that. He was a smart, older cop. Mm-hmm. This changed that almost entirely. Like, I mean, he's running and jumping and doing things without the help of the mechanical suit as if he was a kid. And it's like, it just, to me, it doesn't work. I liked him as a regular guy because he was our conduit. He was our reality to then deal with Batman. And that's gone now. See, the way I'm looking at it, and I forget if it was here or in the recent Detective Comics issue, the scene where he comes home to his apartment and you see, like, the nicotine patches, the protein bars. Like, he seemed 
very uncomfortable with the role himself. And I kind of think that's where they're going, where Jim doesn't want to be that kind of person, but he kind of sees it as his duty and, you know, his responsibility now. So I, I, I think that might be kind of the direction they're going with it instead of like Jim himself is going against his character, not just being written against his character. And the other thing too is the whole coming back from the dead didn't work for me either because, and I know it's a comic and I know it's a Batman comic, let's be honest, but that, didn't work for me. The whole brain being healed didn't work for me either. Does it wind up being an interesting mechanic afterwards? Sure. Mm -hmm. It's cool that he's different, but to me, it comes off as a writing cheat. It, It was an easy fix that, oh, his brain just healed and that's why versus actually working out a story where that solution comes off far more plausible than this. And again, I see that as a cheat. So there were a bunch of things throughout this that despite the fact that I enjoyed the issue, there were a lot of aspects of it that I really didn't like and some more than others. And some I did see as a lazy writing cheat. Hmm. All right. And the art was still awesome. Bring up. <laughs> <laughs> the last one I wanted to bring up this week, uh, we touched on it, was it last week or the week before? I hadn't read the first issue yet and that was the Lando miniseries for star wars i read the first issue and then i read the second issue i love this series it's awesome (laughs) and like not only obviously lando is a great character and it's one of those things where once again the character is written so well i'm reading the lines in that voice mentally with billy d williams voice yeah yeah. (laughs) because it's it's so spot on and perfect as well as the artwork the artwork is fantastic but now i'm coming like i'm kind of seeing what they're doing here they're really explaining how Lando got to his point in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Like, why does he owe Vader and all that stuff? Like, I'm now really excited to see how this develops. And now I'm seeing the point where it's tying directly in with episode five. So I'm like, man, I, I'm I'm actually really excited for this series now. Yeah. Darth Vader is still the best, but Lando's a solid oh, second. Latest Vaders have been insane. Oh my God, they're good. <laughs> Like Vader's hardly even in them anymore, and it's Who still cares? fantastic. <laughs> that last... he shows up on the last couple pages, and you're like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm reading." That last one where they did the heist oh. came off like in Ocean's Eleven in space, and it was like I wanted this to actually last several issues, just because it was so bloody awesome. Yeah, it, it was pulled off perfectly, and that's not an easy thing to do in a comic. It works a lot better visually, like in a movie or a TV show, but they pulled it off in a comic. Well, not just in a comic, but in a comic while still maintaining the continuity and mm-hmm. canon of the movies. So like it, that you got to really mold your circle into a square to fit into that square. And, and they pull it off almost all the time. Mm-hmm. So what did you have for us then? Did you read the latest Gotham Academy or should I even bother asking? Oh, absolutely. It was freaking awesome. I, I love this comic. This. Man. <laughs> this is it's funny because it's like I know that they they're trying to sell this as a comic for kids, but goddamn, I'm loving <laughs> middle-aged man and I'm loving this more than most oh, of the absolutely. other stuff. And the stuff that's It's a going, stupid little kids comic, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't even think it's stupid. The writing no, is know. well I'm done just... and like when you're getting the layers 
like with her file that she gets and then talking to the, 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 the doctor that's there and of course maps. So like there's all kinds of stuff going on. Even the, the, the maps roommate that's like tearing off the, the, the poster <laughs> going, what's going on there? Like, is she trying to see what's behind or does she want the poster? There's gotta be more to it because we've seen throughout that there's more to almost every action that's going on. So, this was freaking awesome. And once again, this is among the best art in comics right now, in my opinion. Without a doubt. I, I love the style. I love the colors. I love the inking, the drawing, everything. It's just spectacular. It, it looks like a Saturday morning cartoon, which is a lot of the feeling they're going for. I Actually, I would say it looks even better than that myself. Oh, but I know, but yeah. I'm saying stylistically, yeah. like that's, that's the approach they're taking. The map, <laughs> Operation Part Flow <laughs> that she makes... <laughs> I loved it. But then again, you get the, again, the, the mystery of the character and when she's losing it and the, what's going to be happening there. And there's so much going on. It's just a bloody great comic. I love it. I hope they don't stop it anytime soon. And I love how it gets more ridiculous with each issue. Like we've gone from mad bats to werewolves and it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It makes sense. I buy it. Yeah, what's uh, next? We, we covered ever so briefly Spider Island last week, and you, because mm-hmm. I had not read it. Well, I did read it. First of all, freaking Ramus. That cover is awesome. God, <laughs> I love that man so much. Um, but then, of course, you get freaking Spider Woman in a ridiculous pose on the very first page. It, this was really good, too. And But I've been enjoying this story a lot, too. And I like the characters. I like what's going on, all the shape-shifting stuff. It's just silly kind of fun, but it's really, it really is fun. Mm-hmm. So I, and I, it, I... I will never not be happy for Werewolf Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it works. So it was awesome. And then, of course, you were talking about the fact that he figures out that it's peter at the end i'm I'm assuming no actually what i was talking about because i i loved what was it around 2011 2012 the dark avengers comic that was written by bendis where uh norman osborne had taken over and put together his version of the avengers and he had stolen all of tony stark's technology so he was the iron patriot and the storyline they were going with was he was really starting to lose his grip he was becoming you know the goblin again and I was waiting for the moment near the end of that comic. I was like, Bendis, if you can do one thing for me in your life, give me the Iron Goblin. And he never did. This comic it's in there. picked up the spare. <laughs> yeah, it, it was good. I, I, I will continue to enjoy this, I'm certain. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a very good story. Um, I tried to read the second issue of We Stand on Guard by Vaughn. <laughs> I um, I've given up. Did you read it? I didn't hate it. I kind of did. I I just thought it was stupid. It's it's not again. It's not a. I, oh, I, I didn't love it. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was stupid, and it wasn't like oh they're making fun of Canada or whatever. No, I can give a rat's ass. I I we l- <laughs> Americans make fun of Canadians in media, TV, and movie. All the time. We're used to it. And here's a tip. We actually laugh at it. If it's funny, we'll laugh. Hey, whatever. It's funny. But this is just bad storytelling, in my opinion. So I'm just not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. The last uh, Spiral Part 5 with yes. uh, Spider-Man. And this is uh, Jerry Conway who wrote this. What's funny is that 
I read the, a review on this, which I rarely ever do, but I read it because they bitched about it and that it wasn't good and they weren't enjoying it. And I was like, are we reading the same comic here? Because what I'm reading is bloody awesome. What I'm reading is insane stuff going on beginning to end, which it's always fun when there's a Spider-Man comic that's like like a runaway train kind of thing. And that mm-hmm. is definitely this. Lots of having to still contend with superior Spider-Man crap and the stuff with Felicia and all that. Like there's so much going on here. And I then, said Felicia was handled better here than she's been under slot. Uh, possibly, possibly. And the Wrath stuff, or Wraith stuff is... We need to see a lot more of this character. Like, mm-hmm. this character can't go away now or can't be just shelved for a while. The character development has been so bloody awesome with her that we need a lot more. Like, I really, really enjoyed her stuff and and how he's dealing with her and stuff like that. And it's setting her up as a villain versus a hero now or a an anti-hero like Punisher kind of thing. So, like, this was really oh, man. awesome. Give me a Wraith Punisher team-up comic. I had not thought of that, but now that you say it, Marvel, you <laughs> bastards had better make that happen. Because, <laughs> wow, that would be awesome. Which one of them is going to say, that was a little too far. <laughs> what you did there, I don't think I would have done that. Lastly, and this is just to bitch, I know you're not reading Future Imperfect right now. No. <sighs> the story is actually not half bad. And because it's dealing with, again, it's 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 a, I don't think it's actually supposed to be the, what the hell is Hulk calling himself in the future? Um, Maestro. Maestro. I, it's kind of Maestro, but I don't know that that's, I mean, fuck, you would think that, oh, damn it, I'm going to have to believe that even though it was so, I whispered it. Um, <laughs> I don't think they're calling him Maestro. But anyways, but it's 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 him and he's ruling this zone or whatever kind of thing and there's people fighting against him and he decides he's just going to be Doom and the thing, who's named something else as well, finally says, okay, well, I'll help you and at worst you'll get killed, at best you'll be out of our hair kind of thing. So there's been this adventure and they're getting out of their battle world and into another that has kind of like the Thor Norse feeling and, and things like that and... I was talking to somebody on Twitter as well, and they were saying they're really enjoying the story. And I was just saying, like, yeah, the story is actually not bad. I'm not going to say it's phenomenal, but it's not bad. It's enjoyable at parts. But it's Greg Land. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm willing to put up with Greg Land using the same face for every single woman. I'm willing to put up with that because, you know, you still wind up getting phenomenal artwork otherwise kind of thing i would imagine his thing is actually pretty good <laughs> but it's those ridiculous poses that he puts oh. women in that just grate me it's like nails on a chalkboard there's one and i posted the picture on twitter where the woman is like puckered up in this Weird. She's supposed to be surprised, but no one in the history of people has ever looked like that when they're surprised. And it's, it grates me so much. (laughs) (laughs) Marvel needs to get rid of him like so badly. It's, I, I, I hate him 
so much. It's like Leafield status hatred for me. And that's it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, for this week's new releases, sorry, I was looking up something I'm going to send you later. <laughs> From Marvel, we have 1872, number two, Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, number four, Armor Wars, number four, Captain Britain and the Mighty Defenders, number two, Guardians of Nowhere, number three. Apparently, we're not done launching new Secret Wars series because we have House of M, number one, Inferno, number four, Kanan, The Last Padawan, number five, Runaways, number three, Secret Wars Journal, number four, Silk, number six. I forgot that comic was still being published. (laughs) It got lost in the Secret Wars shuffle. Spider-Verse, number four, Star Wars, number eight, and Weird World, number three. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I didn't bring it up, but I tried to read the last Secret Wars. I stopped halfway through. I'm I'm at the point where this event is beyond ridiculous, and I'm just not enjoying it, and it's stupid. I point blank don't enjoy it at all. Unsurprisingly, I loved it. Yeah. I, I Again, I stopped. It was, it mm-hmm. was ridiculous. DC brings us Black Canary, number three, Dr. Fate, number three, Green Lantern, The Lost Army, number three, Justice League, number 43, Martian Manhunter, number three. DC does this on purpose, don't they? (laughs) And Superman, Wonder Woman, number 20. Image, we have some cool stuff this week. We have Invincible, number 122, Manifest Destiny, number 16, Postal, number six, and the long-awaited return of Rat Queens with number 11. yes. Archie Comics, we have Archie number two. Uh, don't think either one of us are no, going to be reading that no. one. From Boom, we have a, a new series coming out that's been getting a lot of positive press called Welcome Back. Don't Cotter. know what it's supposed to be about, but the uh, cover looks Cotter. really cool. Huh? It's Cotter. Oh, God. Travolta's so in old. it. I used to watch that when I was a kid. <laughs> so did I, but it I've was got it reruns. in my brain now. I'm going to be singing that tonight. <laughs> IDW, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 49, and from Valiant, the Book of Death, number two. And that's going to wrap us up here at Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CB Informer. As we mentioned earlier, if you liked this week's comic, check out our D&D adventures over on forthelore.com. You decide who the better tiefling warlock is. (laughs) Definitely Sir Reginald. <laughs> but until next week, thanks for listening. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Oh god. This is because he uses porn material for mm-hmm. his reference. It's like, it's oh like, my god, what so the hell? Obvious. That is horrible. What the hell? <laughs> Yeah, like when you put it all together like that, it's even worse. I, oh, God, I hate him. I hate him. Like that picture with the pirate. You'll have to look through my picture. You'll see it. I, I, I posted it. Oh, my God. Like, what? what who does that? Like, it, it makes no sense out oh, there. It is. Hold on a second here. Let me. God, I imagine I should be able to just paste it in here. Yes. Look at that. It's on its way. <laughs> That's her surprise look. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> like, really? It, it, <laughs> ridiculous.
ridiculous. God. Its eyes are following me. <laughs> I can't stop seeing that when I close my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back.